0: Sweet Summer Buds, Part Two, from the Flowers of Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amy Graymore. The Flowers of Shakespeare by Esther Singleton. Lilies of All Kinds. The Lily, Lilium Candidum. The fact that Perdita called for lilies of all kinds shows that Shakespeare loved one of the most beautiful families of flowers that graced the earth, and knew the many varieties that grew in the English gardens of his day, which include the lily of the valley, in his time called Lily Connolly, the splendid yellow lilies, the red Martagon, and spotted martagon tiger lilies, as well as the pure white lily. Parkinson, who writes so beautifully of plants and blossoms, did not neglect the lily. He says, the lily is the most stately flower among many, and he directs attention to the wonderful variety of lilies known to us in these days, much more so than in former times. First on the list comes the white lily, which has always been regarded from time immemorial as the most beautiful member of this most beautiful family, a picture of purity with its white silken petals exquisitely set off by the yellow anthers and breathing such delicious fragrance. This is the lily of which Shelley sings and the wand-like lily which lifteth up as a maenad its moonlight-coloured cup till the fiery star which is its eye gazed through clear dew on the tender sky the ordinary white lily lilium candidum writes parkinson scarce needeth any description it is so well known and so frequent in every garden the stalk is of a blackish-green colour having many fair broad and long green leaves the flower stands upon long green footstocks of a fair white color, with a long pointel in the middle and white chives tipped, with yellow pendants about it. The smell is something heady and strong. It is called Lilium album, the white lily, by most writers, but by poets, Rosa junosis, Juno's Rose. How perfect is this flower? Texture, form, hue, sheen, perfume, all express exquisite loveliness. The lily refreshes us with its cool beauty and its purity, and lifts our thoughts upward to heaven. Girard describes eight lilies in his herbal, 1597, all of which were known to Shakespeare. Certainly among Perdita's flowers was the martagon, which takes its name from the Italian martigone, meaning a turk's turban. This lily is also called chalcedonian, and scarlet martagon, and turk's cap, by Parkinson, who tells us that the Lilium rubrum, Byzantinum, Mardigon, Constantinopolitanum, or the Red Mardigan of Constantinople, is become so common everywhere and so well known to all lovers of these delights that I shall seem unto them to lose time to bestow many lines upon it. Yet because it is so fair a flower, and was at first so highly esteemed, it deserveth its place and commendations it riseth out of the ground bearing a round brownish stalk beset with many fair green leaves confusedly thereon but not so broad as the common white lily upon the top whereof stand one two or three or more flowers upon long foot which hang down their heads and turn up their leaves again of an excellent red crimson colour and sometimes paler having a long pointel in the middle compassed with whitish chives tipped with loose yellow pendants of a reasonable good scent, but somewhat faint. We have another of this kind, the red-spotted mardagon of Constantinople, that groweth somewhat greater and higher with a larger flower and of a deeper colour, spotted with diverse black spots or streaks and lines, as it is to be seen in mountain lilies. The mardagon belongs to the tiger-lily class, whose characteristics have been so imaginatively brought out by Thomas Bailey Aldrich i like the chaliced lilies the heavy eastern lilies the gorgeous tiger lilies that in our garden grow for they are tall and slender their mouths are dashed with carmine and when the wind sweeps by them on their emerald stalks they bend so proud and graceful they are circassian women the favourites of the sultan down our garden walks and when the rain is falling i sit beside the window and watch them glow and glisten how they burn and glow Oh, for the burning lilies, the tender eastern lilies, the gorgeous tiger lilies, that in our garden grow. Shakespeare has many beautiful passages concerning the lily. He often refers to its whiteness. He considers it as impossible a task to paint the lily as it is to gild refined gold, or to throw a perfume on the violet. How the lily was loved by the ancients. The Egyptians adored it. The Persians named cities for it. The Hebrews worshipped it. The Greeks and Romans called the lily Juno's flower, and fancied that the flower owed its very existence to drops of milk spilt on earth from Juno's white breast when she was nursing the infant Hercules. The church consecrated the lily to the Virgin Mary. It was her flower as Queen of Heaven. In many old religious paintings of the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel, appearing before the Virgin, usually holds the Annunciation lily, or Madonna lily, in his hand joseph's staff was said to have blossomed into lilies and it is the white lily that is usually represented in this connection wonderful family this lily tribe flowers of the grand style and haughty demeanour ruskin enlightens us as to why it is every one loves them and why they are entwined with many of our thoughts of art and life under the name of drosidae come plants delighting in interrupted moisture moisture which comes either partially or at certain seasons into dry ground they are not water plants but the signs of water resting among dry places in the drosidae the floral spirit passes into the calyx also and the entire flower becomes a six-rayed star bursting out of the stem laterally as if it were the first flowers and had made its way to the light by force through the unwilling green they are often required to retain moisture or nourishment for the future blossom through long times of drought and this they do in bulbs underground of which some become a rude and simple but most wholesome food for man then the drosidae are divided into five great orders lilies asphodels, amaryllis irids and rushes no tribes of flowers have had so great so varied or so healthy an influence on man as this great group of drosidae depending not so much on the whiteness of some of their blossoms or the radiance of others as on the strength and delicacy of the substance of their petals enabling them to take forms of faultless elastic curvature either in cups as the crocus or expanding bells as the true lily or heath-like bells as the hyacinth or bright and perfect stars like the star of bethlehem or when they are affected by the strange reflex of the serpent nature which forms the labiate group of all flowers closing into forms of exquisite fantastic symmetry as the gladiolus put by their side their nereid sisters the water-lilies and you have in them the origin of the loveliest forms of ornamental design and the most powerful floral myths yet recognized among human spirits borne by the streams of the ganges nile arno and avon for consider a little what each of those five tribes has been to the spirit of man First, in their nobleness, the lilies gave the lily of the Annunciation, the asphodels, the flower of the Elysian Fields, the irids, the flor de lis of chivalry, and the Amaryllis Christ's lily of the Fields, while the Rush, trodden always underfoot, became the emblem of humility. Then take each of the tribes and consider the extent of their lower influence, Perdidas, the crown imperial, lilies of all kinds. Are the first tribe which giving the type of perfect purity in the madonna's lily have by their lovely form influenced the entire decorative design of italian sacred art while ornament of war was continually enriched by the curves of the triple petals of the florentine giglio in the french fleur-de-lis so that it is impossible to count their influence for good in the middle ages partly as a symbol of womanly character and partly of the utmost brightness and refinement in the city which was the flower of cities astrologers placed the lily under the moon and the flower is certainly dreamy enough and celestial enough to be under the rule of diana or astarte end of lilies of all kinds